1: This is the best of two pros and a couple of Joe with LaVar Arrington, Brady Quinn, and Jonas Knox on Fox Sports Radio.
2: How the hell are we feeling here on a Wednesday morning? Good. How are you fired doing? up? Doing great, man.
3: Not as good as Justin Herbert's doing. I but was going to How about
2: yeah. that deal, huh? Justin yeah. Herbert, they get it done. You figured it was going to happen, hopefully, for the Chargers this offseason. They've been talking about it. There had been rumblings about it. But it's a five-year, $262.5 million contract extension. Uh, it includes a no-trade clause, one hundred and thirty-three point seven dollars fully guarantees, $193.7 million in injury guarantees. Justin Herbert gets paid. It was his turn, his time to get a bite at the apple. And so now the Chargers have him locked in for the next several years.
4: <laughs> was that an apple
2: yeah it might have been a whole uh produce <laughs> yeah eye.
4: it True. might have been an entire
2: apple tree uh, um, apple tree <laughs> yeah <all laughs> He's a couple all right financial guru step right yeah, up step right on. up what does this deal well, really look like brayden
3: quinn okay 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 let's just pump the brakes okay <laughs> uh, a few things first off it, it, here's what happens when these deals get reported okay we start looking at numbers and the agents are feeding it to the media and the media is blowing certain numbers out of proportion because you see the 262 and a half million. Oh, it's the biggest ever. Okay. He's got two years left on his deal. It's an extension. And so as it looks right now, yeah, his new money average surpasses that of Jalen hurts and others that have signed their deal a leapfrog that. But when you take into account, he he's played three years, so he really had two years left on his rookie deal if you include the fifth year option, and so it brings the average way down. So what's being reported is one thing; what the, the actual reality of, of the contract when you include his two years that he was under contract under, it's something entirely different. Now it doesn't matter, right? Like at the end of the day, none of that matters. They got him under contract. They they extended him. I, I think the 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 tough thing, and I, I've said this time and time again, is no one's – no quarterback and, and no other player for that matter, no one's contract's ever going to stand up to the deal that Jimmy Haslam gave to Sean Watson. They're just not. They're, they're, they're just not. That That being a five-year fully guaranteed deal at signing, no questions – no other will, you know, it's an injury guarantee to this. He can have up to these guarantees or this total value at this point. None of that. It was just a five-year, fully guaranteed deal. None of it is even going to come close to that, or at least none of the contracts that have been signed. So it, it's a, it's a, it's a fair contract. It's a good contract. It doesn't matter really what we think of the contract. It's the one that Justin Herbert signed. It's the one that the Chargers needed to get him under in order to have control over him now for the next seven years, and and more so than that, like it really doesn't matter. Like this deal will probably get renegotiated uh, if he plays the way we think he's going to play over the course of the next three or four years. You know they'll probably have to restructure it at times to make cap space because they believe it's their franchise quarterback. So, you know we can dig into details of it, but the hard thing is is it pales into comparison to Watson's deal. Most are going to. And that has everything to do with the fact that Jimmy Haslam's got deep pockets and he was willing to be, he's willing to sign a quarterback that he believes in to a fully guaranteed deal where a portion of that, you know, those guarantees has to go into escrow. And, and most owners are not willing to do that. They're not going to give you some huge contract with $230 million guaranteed at signing. It's just it's not going to happen. There, they, there might be practical practical guarantees involved in it, and there is in, in, in this particular deal, but you're not going to see that sort of structure uh, because most of the owners don't have the type of money that Jimmy Haslam has.
4: Hmm. Well, it, it I think it does. I, 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 let's let's start looking at well, in my uh, my opinion. Uh, uh,
3: let me ask you go, this. Let me ask you this.
4: Go ahead. Do you feel like he had done enough? To warrant the extension,
3: given that he still technically was under control for two more years, no. did you feel like? Because look, the Bengals
4: haven't signed Burrow yet. Maybe they will before the season starts. But they haven't signed him an extension yet. I think it's a wise move on. I think it's a wise move on both both party parties part, and and I'll tell you why. Because with two years left, the 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 value could tremendously go up for those players. Right? If you don't sign Herbert and Burrow over this amount of time, that that price tag could be crazy, crazy large, much larger than what they're going to be able to sign them for today. That's that's the value for for the the organization, for the franchise. For the player, if if we always have the conversation of betting on yourself or you know, if if it makes sense to, to do a better deal later based off of your performance and your body of work. But just as much as your your accomplishments can go up, they could also plummet as well. You know, you're we're you're always one injury away from not only not being as good, you're you're one injury away from not playing. And and so I, I think when you take The security of a contract so large um, and the the value of it being what it is, I think it was a win for both sides. And I think everybody is going, while they may not get to what what Deshaun Watson was able to do, everybody's going, at least I won't say everybody, every single elite-level quarterback like a Herbert, like a Burrow, they are going to work off of the premise of here is the established value of who the best quarterback, well, best highest paid quarterback is. And they will use the argument point that he's probably not a better quarterback than me or that he's not a better quarterback than our client. And so while you may not get that same exact contract, these teams and these franchises are going to be saddled with with the with the responsibility of being competitive some type of way to how Deshaun Watson was compensated. And, and so that's where you're going to hear the number 260 or 270 or whatever it may be. Hell, they may get to 300 with what it is that they say pretty soon. So, And whether it's, it's fully guaranteed or not, the value of it, I think, makes it feasible for the player to say – I'm the franchise quarterback. I'm the next one up. Yes, I'm okay with doing it. I think that's what makes the most sense of it uh, in in the way at least I'm interpreting it.
2: I think quarterbacks recently are put into four different categories. You ready for these four categories? Sure. There's you're paid for accomplishment. You're paid for potential. You're paid for both or you're paid out of desperation. I think Joe Burrow, when he gets paid, is going to be paid for both, uh, what he's accomplished and potential. Same with Lamar Jackson. I think Justin Herbert is being paid on potential, and I think Deshaun Watson got paid because they were desperate. And Baker Mayfield basically said, I'm not coming back, and if you wanted to land Deshaun Watson, who wanted to go elsewhere, you were going to have to overpay. And I think that continues to be, to Brady's point, the outlier, that everybody looks at and goes, who's going to beat it? Nobody recently and apparently nobody anytime soon, it looks like. And that continues to be a team that got desperate and forked out a bunch of money to pay for a guy with all sorts of things on on his track record and Uh brought him in because they were desperate to have a quarterback on the
4: table.
3: And I've seen
2: people
3: people who who question whether or not, you know, he should have gotten this contract at this point. You know, like has he gotten to the point where he should be one of those guys who's viewed that way? I, I don't think there's any question about. It. I think if you watch Justin Herbert play, you'd say to yourself, "That's a franchise quarterback." Yes. He he literally exhibits all of the qualities you're looking for, and 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 then statistically, kind of backs it up, right? He's thrown for more yards in his first three seasons than anyone in the NFL history. In NFL history, he, he's second to Marino in touchdown passes in that span. You know, you look at his um, quarterback rating and all that. It's one of the highest for the first three years, again, for a player this young in the league. Uh, and, and And remember, when he went in his rookie year, he was not slated to be the guy. It was Tyrod Taylor until one of their medical professionals punctured his lung and they thrusted Justin Herbert in. And he's never looked back. I mean, baptism by fire or baptism by, by by needle to someone's lung.
2: By stabbing. Jeez. Yeah. And, Bab- and he's Baptism never by shiv. <laughs> so if
3: you, if you think about it from that perspective, it's, it's pretty remarkable to think like he has taken over the reins, never looked back with it, and has gotten them to a point where I think we always look at them to take that next step. Now the question is, can they take that next step? I don't think it's all on him. I, I think they, they need to, as, as a team, to do this. And by the way, this contract is set up where it allows them to be able to bring along some of their other players too, uh, who are on this roster. They've done a good job drafting. There's a lot of young talent around them. They're going to have to extend guys um, and restructure some deals. So I, 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 I like this deal for all parties involved. It definitely didn't maximize the market value, but I don't know that he necessarily could have just because of the ownership there uh, with, with the Chargers. And then also maybe because you know they're, they're kind of looking at where he's at, And he's got two years left on his deal. And I don't think he wanted to press the point of of getting to free agency, where where most times you see guys then really get that big, big money deal, like a Dak Prescott. Uh, Maybe you could use Deshaun Watson's situation, even though I'm still – Baffled by by how he had any leverage in that particular spot, it was more of like oh, desperation had, by Cleveland. He, he
4: he likes to be in a position where <laughs> they leverage him.
2: Yes. They use the leverage right.
4: on him. <laughs> That's, oh, a okay. That's a great point. It's a great yeah. point. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so he 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 used that expertise of knowing how to allow people to use the leverage on him, yeah. and and his practice in being manipulated while manipulating. To get
2: yeah. that, <laughs> yeah, you don't think I can flex my leverage? Watch this.
4: That's a whole lot of practice he got with a well, his whole leverage lot of grew. different people. <laughs> it yeah. grew as time went on. I felt like. <laughs> it yeah.
2: definitely did.
4: And then it went back down. But he got it while the good getting was good. While while the growing was was.
2: <laughs> uh, do you guys? Yeah. If I were to ask you right now, just your confidence heading into next season, because I think we everybody agrees the Chiefs are the team to beat in the AFC West. Obviously, maybe in the entire league again. Obviously. Who are you more confident in going into next year or going into this season? The Chargers or the Broncos in that division?
3: Oh, I mean, I've got a pretty good idea what the the Chargers are going to be. I mean, that being said, though, and I've said this before, like if they don't have a good year, is Brandon Staley
2: safe? It's over. He's gone.
3: Which which I think he's a good coach, and I I think it's – I'm not going to say it's odd because we've seen – This organization, we've seen it fire a coach that went 14 and two, Marty Schottenheimer. Yeah, and they lost the what first round of the playoffs. They fired him.
2: Yeah, well, in the divisional round too. We've we've seen
3: that before from the Chargers organization. So I'm not surprised by anything they do. I, I think Staley's a good coach, but they just haven't been able to. I, I think reach everyone's expectations for how good that roster looks on paper.
2: And, and I also think the guy who's sitting in a really good spot is Kellen Moore, because if Justin Herbert has a great year, but say they come up short, Brandon Staley's going to be the guy on the hook and they're not going to want to take away any sort of chemistry that he's built with Kellen Moore and Kellen Moore has already been interviewed for jobs. I feel like he's the heir apparent there to take over the reins. An offensive mind with Justin Herbert, like it feels like he's in a pretty advantageous
4: if, spot. If that's the case, then they're already in a bad space. Like you can't you can't approach a hiring of a high profile coach like Kellen Moore, and and that be what the scenario is. We watched how that became a conversation in Dallas. You know with Quinn and with and with McCarthy and I think it ultimately played a part I really do if if I think if Mike McCarthy was being honest totally honest with with himself and with with the media when he was interviewed he would have probably said and admitted yes it gave me an unnecessary feeling of stress as it applies to me being able to do my job at the highest level that I can do it at. So I would hope that the Chargers aren't or haven't made that higher with that kind of being a, a whispered narrative that's taking place. Kellen Moore's been brought in to make sure that that offense can be better than what it has been and, and unlock maybe potential that we may have not even seen yet from Jordan Herbert. That's his Justin. sole purpose, Justin. Justin. I, I, I have a cousin named Jordan Herbert, and, and I always mess this name. Do up. you really? Um, I do. I do. Huh. And he played for Akron or Toledo. Excuse me. He played for Toledo. It was up, really Jordan? good safety. Yeah. yeah. What up, Jay? Yeah, Jordan Herbert. I believe
3: uh, I can fly.
4: Oh! Oh no! Oh no! Oh no. okay no. Uh oh! Uh oh! <laughs> um, yeah. So I, I, you know, I think. I think that they got to be careful of that one, Jonas. Uh, if, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm the, the L.A. Chargers, we have the makings of a competitive team in the West. That means you got some big guns firing. So, you got to keep the main thing the main thing in a scenario like this. And I think that that's why they did the contract as well. Like, this is a big year for them to take that step forward. You guys mentioned it's a big year for Staley as the coach. It's a big year for Herbert now that he signed his new deal. It's a big year for a team that is being looked at to be more competitive than what they were. but But we're actually – they're like on the cusp. This is like a cusp team. So I, I think you gotta be careful of narratives like that, even though I know you like creating hey, you know that's drama. What I do. Yeah, it was yeah. good. I mean, it was good the way you lobbed it out there, yeah. to be honest.
2: That's, that's what I did.
4: They have to fight against that though. They have to be resistant to that like I would shut those claims down immediately. You do not want it to come across as this is a coach that could lose his job before the seasons even end. Before seasons end and we have the air parent right here in our in our building already, like that's, you're cutting his legs from underneath him, and, and he's not going to be able to be the type of coach that he needs to be
1: if that's what's circulating around that building.
2: Well, dangle it out there, see what happens. Somebody come oh, take wow. a
1: bite. Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, Lavar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
2: on google play or the app store game
1: on this is it we've got an amex platinum pro on our hands ladies and gentlemen we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the centurion lounge (sighs) is he connecting to complimentary wi-fi oh my look at that he is
0: and you will not believe where he's going next the amex dedicated card member entrance for the win Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com/slashwithamex.
2: amex is Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter at the MMQB. We are going to catch up with Albert here momentarily. He's on his training camp tour. By the way, do you think anybody goes to every single training camp? Is that even possible for somebody to get to every single training camp, or they just go to like a select few and skip like you know maybe Jacksonville or some other team that that you know like oh, the Cardinals? Now.
3: Or, Why skip in Jacksonville? Like
2: you, would, you would probably skip the Cardinals this year, wouldn't you? They're just going to be awful. Like, what's to watch? I mean,
3: Hopefully, we can ask Albert which ones he's skipping yeah. and then ask him why.
2: Uh, Albert, right. uh, are you with us here? Yep. Uh-oh. Well, Baby. yeah.
3: I mean, it wouldn't be an Albert Breer appearance if there wasn't technical issues.
4: I mean, look. Is that yeah.
2: a – I'm here. Like oh, there he monitor? is. Oh, yeah. right. I'm here. No,
5: I'm sorry. I was in an elevator in my hotel, so I apologize. Oh,
2: oh no worries. Um, oh, Yeah, and, okay. and, and
5: just so you know, like, I mean – I had phone. I've had phone issues, as you guys know, in suburban Boston. Um, I'm now in like rural Missouri, so this could be a little touch and go here. Okay. <laughs> so, oh, okay. So you're right. But, but I but I figured getting back in my hotel room was important because maybe there I'd have like it would at least be stable.
2: Yeah, Stables good. Uh, now, what is the? We know obviously Justin Herbert got his deal done, and we felt like there was going to be either him and or Joe Burrow were getting something done this off season before the season started. So now, what does the timeline look like for a deal for Joe Burrow? Now that they at least have something to look at or a comp for the latest contract for a quarterback in the league.
5: Well, I mean, I, did, I think there are two things here. Like, first, um, you know, I, I did a timeline time, any time between today and um, the start of the season. And if you look at the history of it, really, it's sort of an outlier. And I think the Eagles were lucky to, or uh, were, were smart to do it when they did um, at the beginning of the off season because they didn't, like, let the Herbert deal get in front of them. They didn't let the Burrow deal get in front of them. They didn't let the Lamar deal get in front of them. They did theirs first. So, you know, they wouldn't have to be be paying off of somebody else's deal. Um, but that's really an outlier. You know, generally, if you look at it, the, the guys who get – the quarterbacks who get deals done after the third year, it happens in the summer. It was Kyler was that way. Josh Allen was that way. Mahomes was that way. Deshaun Watson was that way. And so, um, you know, I, I, I think this sort of – Burrow and, 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 and Herbert had similar timelines, um, you know, in that like both of the – Discussions towards the deal really got going in earnest after the draft of the House. The deal would be done by week one. Now, the second part of it is yeah, you know, I do think that it gives um, the Bengals and, and Burrow a fallback if they want to do a more traditional deal where they can just say, okay, like we're going to take the Justin Herbert deal and move it a tick and be done with it. Like they could do that. I think the other thing that's on the table here and has been on the table here is being a little bit more creative. And not maybe doing the exact same thing that Mahomes did, but doing something that's going to help keep the team intact. Um, because I do think, you know, I, I and I can tell you, like, you know, Joe has, you know, I, I kind of had that sentiment towards this negotiation that, that Mahomes had towards his in Kansas City, that he wants to keep the group together. And it doesn't mean he's going to take like any sort of huge hometown discount, but if there's something he can do logistically with his contract that's going to help the Bengals plan forward and help them keep T. Higgins and help them keep Jamar Chase and help them keep Logan Wilson. Because obviously there's a, a lot of big deals coming down the pike here over the next couple of years because they've drafted really well and these guys are coming off their rookie deals. And I think he's going to try to do it, you know. So I think the question now becomes: Do you do something traditional where you just go 53, 54, 55, whatever the number is? You know that version of the Justin Herbert deal, which you know the Justin Herbert deal is sort of off the off the Jalen Hurts deal. Or um, do you do something that's a little bit more creative um, and a little bit more complicated that would allow for the the team to plan forward with more certainty?
3: Uh, Albert, did you ever find yourself looking at the uh the construct of some of these contracts and just go, who cares? Because by that point in the contract, they're already going to restructure it. Like, it always kind of, I guess it never surprises me when sometimes these deals get done and you're like, well, it doesn't really matter because four years into this deal, they're just going to restructure anyway, right?
5: Yeah, and I I think that that's the thing is like you you really want to look at like the, you know, how fast the money's getting to the player, right? Like, to me, like, that's, such a huge key. And so, you know, like Justin Herbert has $100 million in his first year. You know, and like so, you know, like the the traditionally haven't, you know, had huge full guarantee numbers, but like the structure of the deal tells you he's getting his money. You know what I mean? Like so, um, you know, and and I think you're right to look at it that way, Brady, because, you know, like a lot of times, like every time, if a guy plays um, the way that everybody expects him to play, Well then, you know the last year or two of the deal is going to be irrelevant because they're going to just they're just going to extend them then and um, and yeah I mean like the other part of it's the cap implications of course which I think is what you're referencing which is where you know teams are just kind of constantly kicking the can down the road and kicking the can down the road I think the difference now is that the numbers have gotten so big. That like you look at the Eagles, right? Like, and you look at what they're going to have in the back end of that contract, and the the cap numbers are really manageable on Hertz the next few years. But there are just some massive, massive um, cap debt payments that'll come four or five years down the line. Now, like, maybe you do a new deal with him then, and I, I mean, but that money has to be accounted for somewhere. So, like, to me, like, that's what's fascinating is, you know, a lot of teams, and the Chiefs have done this, too, in converting a lot of the, um, the the base salaries and the signing bonuses with Mahomes. You have these numbers that are just accumulating and accumulating, and they don't go away. You're eventually going to have to deal with it. Um, and if a guy plays, you know, 10 or 15 years in the league, does that mean that at some point everybody's going to have to go through a reset year where you just eat it? You know, like kind of like what the Rams are doing this year with a lot of their cap debts. So. I you know I know that's a little in the weeds, but if you do look at like the fine print of these contracts, I think you do see how some of that debt's, you know, going to be accumulating over the next few years and it's just gonna be interesting to see how those teams eventually reckon with that.
4: A B, let's let's go from the mansions and the neighborhood to the projects in, in the hood. Uh, do you have any insight on, on Saquon's uh deal and how that, that took place? I mean you know eleven million is is one million above the salary cap. I think it was it was out there that he wanted fifteen million, which was one million shy of what McCaffrey is getting, but one million more than what he was offered by the team. He ends up at eleven million for this season. Do, do you have any insight on how all this played out? I mean, what was it all about to end up at $11 million coming into camp and during this season?
5: Well, I, I think it was an effort to uh, the Giants to do something in good faith and say to him, like, look, like, we want to pick three, you know, and we want to – and we respect what you've done and like, we'll do this outside the box to make sure that you can at least go into camp with a clear mind and have a great year. And um, I think that's really the crux crux of it, LeVar. I don't think there's anything more to it. It's it's an olive branch, you know. And I think, like, the, the, the good thing about it, it does help Saquon, you know, at least manage in his head the reality of the situation, which is he can't walk away from that $10.1 million, you know. And so if you give him a chance to make it 11, maybe he can feel a little bit better about it. But, you know, the reality is, like, you know, at, at that position – there's no guarantee that he's going to have any sort of market next year. You get hurt, and like now, all of a sudden, all that money you turned down is gone. You know, I mean, I'd even argue based on where the running back market is, like getting tagged again wouldn't be a bad result for him. You know, if he gets twelve million dollars in his seventh year in the pros at that position with the incentives on top of it, like a year from now, that's not a terrible result there are very few running backs who get that kind of money that deep into their career. So, like I just think like a huge part of it is um there's a real world like real life like aspect to all of this this whole argument we've been having over the last year which is there's an individual player here who's coming closer and closer to the end of his earning power and once that goes away, none of these people who are kind of none of these people who are you know, making this argument about running backs are going to be there to cut that check for him, you know? Like, it's just going to be him. And so, um, you know, I, wouldn't, I don't blame him at all for taking the money, that, that taking every dime that he can now. And, um, you know, I think, it's, I think it was risky for him to turn down an offer from the Giants. So, you know, I, I, if I was in one of these situations, I'd advise any of these running backs, like, you know, push and prod and pull and protest and do everything that you can while you're in the negotiation. But then at the deadline, like, take the money. Because there's no guarantee that money is going to be there a year from now.
2: Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter at the MMQB, joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. Get him on Twitter at Albert Breer. So Albert, you're on your training camp tour. The Lions are opening up the season on Thursday night to kick off the year. There's been a lot of talk about the hype train. Dan Campbell spoken about it. What was your impression of visiting the Detroit Lions this week?
5: Yeah, you know, I had, I had a chance to sit down with him and. Um, and uh, and Brad Holmes and and, and Jared Goff. And, um, you know, I I asked them what the difference was in the way the program is running now and the way everything feels versus where it was when they got there a couple years ago. And I got a really interesting answer, which was everything is efficient now. And, like, I mean, Dan said, like, he's like, I don't remember too many instances in practice the last three days where we had to run a play twice. You know, you're not repeating stuff. And it's just... There's, I guess, a professionalism and a way that this is being run. And then, you know, Goff said, like, it's become more of a player-run team. Like, they're enforcing it now, like everything they've tried to build. And so, um, you know, I think the place is in a really good spot. You know, they're, um, they're very strong along the lines of scrimmage, which, you know, to me, you know, if you're, if you're good in those areas, you're going to be in every game. Um, you know, I think Jared's a, a, a very good quarterback. Maybe not great, but a very good quarterback. And, you know, I, I think if you look like where they're going to be in the middle of the season when they get Jameson Williams back and Tamaris Gibbs' feet are underneath them, and then you look at like what they've added to the secondary, where they're very flexible back there, should be a really good team, you know. Um, now, we've all been in this spot before where a team gets hot at the end of the year previous and, and we're, you know, creating a Super Bowl contender and they fall flat in the face. I'm not saying it's impossible that it happens, but um yeah, you know, the feeling around that team is in a really really good place right now and it feels like i said like a like a group that's all moving in one direction
3: mm. albert i want to ask you um well let me first off ask this any gambling conversation issues visiting with the detroit lions but i have a follow-up to, the, to this question
5: sure yeah so um you know i have talked to people there about it and I think the big thing for them is um you know what it is for everybody, which is like trying to be really clear with the players about um about the rules and trying to be very judicious about you know telling the players like. You know, if you do this, like the, like, the excuse that these other guys are using isn't going to work anymore. Um, you know, and I, I think if you listen to the guys now, I think there are two separate categories here. and We've talked about this over the last couple of months. Like, the first category is, like, the one where NFL players are gambling on NFL games, which is, like, you're just a dumbass. If you did that, you sort of deserve what you get. You know what I mean? Like, Like, it's obvious why the NFL can't allow that. I think the one where there's a little bit more gray area was over the like placing a bet on your phone at the team facility. Like you're not supposed to gamble at work, but how clear was the NFL about that? You know, that's the real – and I think that that's like the complaint you've gotten from most of the players is like, well, the NFL wasn't clear that I couldn't. You know pull my phone out and pull up the DraftKings app and place a bet in the parking lot of the facility and that's how some of these guys are getting busted so I I know the Lions you know in every team but the Lions clearly are a team that's you're trying to be very um very very straightforward about the rules of the players
3: no doubt about it um last thing I really want to ask is, is which training camps do you hate to go to yeah
5: yeah well I mean, the one I'm in tonight, right, the one I'm at right now, like, I, I like visiting the Chiefs for obvious reasons, um, but uh, St. Joseph, Missouri is a very interesting place. I'll put it that way. Oh, yeah. been a, were, you spent the a team training course. camp there, Albert. Oh, you were? Okay, see, I wasn't sure if you were I wasn't oh, yeah. sure in Wisconsin when you were with the team. It is. Yeah. Um, I went to the finest dining establishment in town um, last night, the Texas Roadhouse. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a uh it's a very very interesting place. Like I uh I uh I like I when I walked in the hotel last night, I mean it smelled like um how do I describe this? Like, uh, like, the, like the, like the apartment from Half Baked, right? Like smells like oh, that, and there was wow. a kid's birthday party happening in the I, I mean, so that's the sort of place you're
2: in, Albert. I'm looking at the Texas Roadhouse right now. Some pictures. Is there still a jukebox right when you walk in the front door? I mean, it looks like a fine I establishment. Jukebox.
5: I, I, so I actually, when I was in college, we used to go there because you know you broke college kid and everything else. I hadn't been in like 20 years. I like, I got to say, it wasn't bad. Like, it really, it, it, uh, I mean, the steak, I ordered a steak just to see, you know, I was curious. Uh, it was like 22 bucks or something like that. It wasn't bad. It wasn't terrible. It was definitely edible.
4: My last question, I know we're up against Brady, it, where but...
5: would you go when you were up here? Oh, did you geez. hit up, like, the, the, the beat
4: up? No, so
3: we, uh, I think we actually did go to Texas Roadhouse one night. Um, and how about this the Arizona Cardinals came into town to practice against us before we played them one of the preseason games Larry Fitzgerald had like catered it the entire meal for for the Cardinals he brought in some barbecued catering for it that was that was the kind of guy he was and I think they even shared a little bit with us but we were mostly kind of in the dining hall uh, there on campus which it used to be what Southwest Missouri State and now I believe it's I, I think they've dropped the, uh, the the directional portions of it, if I'm not mistaken.
5: Right, it's something like that, yeah. But by the way, the Cardinals had the by far the most underrated campsite before they moved back to Phoenix, which was Flagstaff, Arizona. Everybody oh, talks yeah. about Latrobe. Flagstaff, Arizona. I mean, their practice field was legitimately on the side of a mountain. It was incredible.
4: <laughs> yeah. oh, gosh. Alright, go I was gonna ask about Washington, but I know we're up against it. So no, go ahead. No, <laughs> no, we're up against no no, we're up against the break, so we'll we'll do it another time. We'll, we'll do it another time. Yeah,
2: there's plenty to talk about.
4: I'm trying to
5: give the public what yeah. they want. They want the breakdown of the Saint Joe, Missouri texas roadhouse you know yeah. what i mean Hell yeah
4: they yeah. do yeah and yeah. the jukebox
2: hey i mean <laughs> hey were the were the beers cold albert like that's the most important thing oh yeah, yeah were funny.
3: they cold albert were they hot you know because sometimes people right. It,
5: like here, here's a fun fact you, like, i tried to order an ipa it's the first place i've been to in probably a decade no ipas
2: oh that's, so a, that's how they roll I can respect
5: that.
2: Sorry, Brady. Brady's a big IPA guy. Sorry about that. I'm not. I actually hate IPAs. Oh, (laughs) that's a shame.
5: That's a shame. Albert,
2: uh, we appreciate it. Uh, Have fun. Happy travels. And we'll do it again next week. All right. Thanks, guys. There he is. Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter at the MMQB.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of Two Pros and a Cup of Joe with Brady Quinn, LeVar Arrington, and Jonas Knox weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific.
0: that's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at slash with Amex.
1: News. Turn on the news. Let's go to the news desk. What's the good news? Here's Brady Quinn.
2: Yeah.
3: Well, maybe this is the first sign of artificial intelligence uh, duping all of us. Uh, Mila Sophia, uh, she is a influencer on Twitter and TikTok, mm-hmm. racking up thousands of likes uh, mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. social media users. The only problem Stupid. is she's not real. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, she she's actually AI, artificial intelligence uh, generated influencer who uh, puts up photos in bikinis and so forth. And even though she's got over almost 8,000 followers and they'll send her different messages and so forth, she's actually not
2: real. I mean, those look. I mean, she looks real to me, yeah, you know, well, just based on... a lot of people uh, who feel
4: the exact same way. Yeah. As, and as long as she looks real enough and you're getting what you want out That's of all it... All that matters. Um, yeah, I mean, I would assume. I mean... I mean, she, are these guys assuming that they're going to end up dating her or were they just getting their, their moment...
2: How about her in the uh, construction outfit, huh? What do you think of that? Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Yeah.
3: I mean, sure and by so. the way, that's that's AI generated, so maybe some creativity
2: there, huh? I mean, what a yeah. we were. Hey.
4: I mean, people are going to marry AI at some point. I mean, they marry themselves. They marry their objects. People marry their guitars all the time. and. You know, really? different things like that. So why not marry AI at some point? By
2: the way, you know? I'm a little uncomfortable calling it AI because I think it's disrespectful to Alan Iverson. He's the original AI.
3: That is true. He is the original That is AI. true.
2: Like it just He is the original. But she... Uh, what you know about basketball? <laughs>
3: <laughs> All right, before we get in trouble, let's talk about a major airline uh, having some catering issues. You can't get in trouble with AI. Turks and and,
4: and Caicos. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Q. I'm sorry. To
3: London, uh, which meant all the food had to be thrown out. So, what did British Airways do to appease their customers? Well, they stopped and brought them in some KFC. Yep. Uh, Several buckets of chicken from KFC. Or what re- replaced the uh, the actual catering uh, for the business class customers over this twelve hour flight, uh, which actually it, it appeased many of the uh, many of the travelers. Hey, what
4: happens when the food goes bad? Just get them some fried. <laughs>
2: Look at <laughs> him, he sl- loves it. <laughs> Look at it. <laughs> I love the chicken. The chicken, <laughs> and he was right. <laughs> Pass me a biscuit, Johnson. <laughs> 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 hey, KFC is probably better than a lot of stuff that airlines oh serve. Oh my god! I don't, I don't yeah. know if I've ever had a like really great airline meal before. You know, I hear Aer well, Lingus. You're about great. to. Yeah, yeah I mean, you're about to. But Uh-oh. I've been telling you guys about Aer Lingus for a while now.
4: So yeah, yeah, that was cute yeah. talking about Aer Lingus. Nah, that was yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's move on. How about this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, else?
3: what
2: else? We've got
4: a 12-year-old
3: who's planning a birthday party but also a retirement party at the same time. Yeah, she is a, what? Uh, she's an 11-year-old millionaire. She's been an entrepreneur for a while. She's Australian born. She's got a, a booming business uh, set up online through her Instagram account. And uh, yeah, she's it's most, mostly through like skincare products, goodie bags, all kinds of different things. What? Uh, but she's she's planning to retire from this uh, from this career and she's only 12. Good for her.
2: What do you mean good for her? She should have paid prepared- Hey, pay your dues like the rest of us. Good
1: for her. Hey, shut up, Jonas.
2: Why am I being attacked?
1: I don't know. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts.